Welcome to AI Marketing, a podcast for sales and marketing professionals that want to increase their sales, leads, and conversions through the use of artificial intelligence solutions. And now, here's your host, Mark Fridelman. Chris Finch is Managing Director at Earthware Limited in the UK. He's going to tell us about what they've done within the healthcare field in terms of AI, chatbots, anything having to do with campaigns that he's run with his clients. So sit back, take notes, and let's use his advice, especially if you're in the healthcare field, to execute on your own AI campaign. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Pleased to be here. Likewise. Likewise. So um, I am wondering if you can give us a little bit of background about what you do and what does Earthware do? Sure. So Earthware is a a digital creative agency. Uh, We primarily specialize in the healthcare space. So a lot of our clients are pharmaceutical companies. And we build solutions for our clients that help them market their products to, to healthcare professionals. But also we do a lot of work building solutions and services that they provide for the patients that, that take their medicines. So kind of added value services that they can wrap around their, their traditional pharmaceutical offering. Um, prior to that, my background was actually in the pharmaceutical space. So the first 10 years of my career was spent in marketing roles um, in in global pharmaceutical company. So um, I've kind of worked on both sides of the fence and take a lot of the, the knowledge that I gained um, on the client side. And now we kind of use that as, as an agency that's servicing those pharmaceutical clients. Okay. And, you know, pharmaceutical companies aren't known for being, let's just say, early adopters. Uh, and typically most of them are laggard. So how did you convince them to start even thinking about artificial intelligence in their marketing campaigns? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And there is this kind of weird um, way in which pharmaceutical companies are really innovative when it comes to the research and development that they do, but they, they're, they're pretty fearful of adopting new technologies when it comes to marketing. And they still have this very traditional model, lots of sales representatives. I think what's been interesting is that pharma has really started to, to use AI in the, in the research and development parts of their business. And I think what that's done is it has made the marketing, the commercial parts of their business kind of sit up and start thinking, well, well is, is there something in this AI that, that maybe we can use and utilize to improve our marketing? Um, so I think a combination of that and the fact that you know, we talk a lot to our clients that this, this isn't going away. AI and chatbots in particular, which is an area that we specialize in, is becoming commonplace in the consumer world. People are used to to um, interacting with chatbots when they're using consumer websites. And at the end of the day, healthcare professionals and patients are, are consumers like everyone else. And they're kind of expecting that this way of communicating now is, is, is what they expect in their, their work lives and, and in their roles as, you know, as patients. Um, so I think we're, we're now able to kind of persuade our clients that this is something they should be considering if they want to be you know, adding real value and having uh, useful conversations with their customers and their patients. Yeah, but, you know, I, Chris, I've worked with a lot of pharmaceutical companies, and most of them are pushing back pretty hard on anything new. They want to wait till somebody else does it first, and it's like this big, mm. you know, uh, delay because nobody wants to be the first to do it and, and test out the <laughs> regulators. Well, nobody wants to get in trouble by, what is it, the FDA over here? I don't know what it is in the U- U.K., 
So uh, it's remarkable that you were able to get them to do anything uh, with yeah. AI, especially with you know all the lawsuit hawks here in in the U.S. and and the attorneys <laughs> and their crazy shenanigans. So. Um, are these just UK-based healthcare companies, or have you ventured outside of the UK? So we've worked in the UK, but also we've worked at a European level. So we've worked with some some of our clients um, at it, kind of work at an EU level. It's it's interesting actually because the the regulatory issue is is one of the major concerns. You know, everybody's terrified of of being sued, doing the wrong thing. Um, so compliance is the, the key word that always gets raised. But I think the beauty of, of chatbots is they're actually very contained environments. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do with our clients is we, we get the questions that the chatbot is able to answer pre-approved. We get the answers that the chatbot is going to provide for those questions pre-approved. And so you know, th- there's no surprises here that the chatbot isn't kind of artificial intelligence in the sense that it's going to make up an answer to a question that it receives uh, it's all pre-canned responses and and because in that way it's very controlled i think that keeps the the regulatory affairs teams and the medical affairs teams kind of happy that we're not going to cause any any, any difficulties well that's good because here in the u.s we literally have teams of lawyers that wheel uh, disabled people into restaurants or other commercial enterprises. And if there's not like this perfect ramp or this perfect fit, that attorney then sues the restaurant in the business and sometimes puts them out of business. So I'm surprised that, you know, even, even though it is a contained fixed environment with your chatbots, that there aren't people trying to test this. For instance, they'd say, hey, uh, chatbot, is it okay if I take 500 milliliters of this and if the chatbot doesn't say no, then there's a presumed yes. And then your client, the, you know, the attorney's client takes the 500 milliliters and gets sick and then starts to sue. I'm surprised they haven't done that. But maybe, you know, the, uh, the regulators over there are more sophisticated than they are here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I, th- I think the most likely people to do that would probably be competitors of, of the pharmaceutical <laughs> company that's got the chatbot, <laughs> right. to be honest. Um, right. But I think we... I mean, we try and work through a lot of those scenarios when we're developing the chatbot. So we, we try and cover off what's, you know, if somebody's asking about something like dosage, we, we make sure that the, the answer is very, um, very close to what's, what's on, the, on, on the product statistics for, the, for that particular pharmaceutical product. Um, so if somebody was to come in and say, can I take 10 times the dosage, the chatbot would recognize that that was a question about dosage and would, would return a response that relates directly to what's on the label for that product. And I don't want to give anybody ideas, so I'm not going to stop right there and just move on. But So I know you had a struggle with these pharmaceutical companies just to get them to try chatbots, but can you kind of explain some of the roadblocks that you faced and, and how you got through them? Yes, I think um, well, the compliance one that you've already raised was, is probably the biggest blocker, so it's, it's making sure that the, the regulatory teams are comfortable with what we're doing. Um, another key concern for pharmaceutical companies is that patients will report side effects um, or adverse events that they've had on the product and that then there's a there's a legal obligation that that has to be reported reported back to the authority so what we try and do with our chatbots is uh, preempt preempt those sorts of things being um, put into the chatbot so we'll have a, a button on the chatbot when you first load it up that says if, if you want to report an adverse event click here and it takes them off to the relevant channel so that we're not having to worry about collecting adverse events or side effects through through the chatbot the other thing that we do now is we 
for our clients is we actually export on a daily basis all of the questions that were submitted so that they can actually review those and pick and make sure that if there were any side effects reported, they can pick those up and, and respond in a timely fashion. In the UK and Europe, you know, they, you have to respond to an adverse event report or side effect report within 48 hours. So that kind of ticks that box for, for our clients and make sure they're happy with that. I think the other thing that we do is, um, is regular reporting so that the client knows exactly what questions have been asked, what responses have been given, and they can then review those and make sure that you know, everything is compliant and obviously provide the training to the chatbot so that it improves you know, over, over, uh, over a period of time. Okay, and then, but I mean, specifically to the executives or marketing team at these pharmaceutical companies, were, was, did you have to convince them or were they coming to you saying, hey, we know we need this? No, we had to convince them. Um, I think, I mean, typically in the early days, you know, people would come saying, we need, we need to add an FAQ to our website or, you know, we need a standalone website that can, can address particular issues with, with, with the product. Um, and I think it was a case of, of showing them what's going on in the consumer world and saying, look, you know, there's, there's a better way than forcing people to sift through hundreds of FAQs. Um, you know, people are now expecting to be able to have conversations with it on your websites and um, people want to have those natural, natural kind of conversations. And, um, and a lot of the time, pharmaceutical companies are having these conversations anyway because they've got a medical information team sitting on the end of a telephone line it's just that now people can get quick answers to their questions without having to look up a phone number and, and speak to a human being. Um, what we did with a lot of with, with our clients is is actually investigated what sort of questions they commonly get through their customer service team, and what we what we typically find is around about eighty percent of of questions they get can be answered, um, you know, just from from the data sheets that are provided with the products. So. Um, what we try and do with our chatbots is handle you know the, the common questions that that typically come through that can be easily answered with a with a canned response, um, and that forms the basis of the the initial chatbot that we launch. Okay, so I mean, if you look at those, you know, kind of objections, and but I mean, there's far more benefits. I mean, you and I agree on this. Mm. Is there any words of advice you can give? other pharmaceutical companies or healthcare companies or really anyone um, that would convince them, hey, I, I should try a chatbot. Because, you know, it's my belief that there's almost any company on the planet should at least have one, not, <laughs> not just because it's beneficial, but because it works 24-7 and it's infinitely scalable. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to provide benefits and lunch breaks and all the rest of that stuff. But is there anything else that you would say to you know, somebody looking at or being on the fence uh, about creating it or having a chatbot created? Well, I think the statistics that we see from the chatbots that we've already launched really back up what we, what we were originally saying to our clients. So um, typically we see around a third of all users of a website where we have a chatbot use the, use the chatbot. So a third of every visitor to, to a website where we have a chatbot goes to the chatbot. Um, so, you know, clearly people want to use these sorts of tools we get around about an 80 to 85% accuracy when, when answering questions as well. So, you know, that's a pretty good, good response for, for users. That means over 80% of users are getting an answer to their question immediately without having to, to phone the company or do further research online. So that's, you know, a good customer service metric. 
but also what we do with our chatbots is um, after we've provided a response, we ask the user to rate how useful that response was. And we get over 70% user satisfaction across all of our chatbots. So I think consumers like the fact that they can get quick answers to their questions. They like the fact that this is a 24-7 service, you know, because quite often, let's face it, when, you, when you've got a medical condition, you don't, you don't have medical conditions necessarily within a nine-to-five period, right? You, it can happen in the middle of the night. Um, doctors are typically working long, long hours outside of office hours. So being able to get um, answers to questions I think is really important, perhaps even more so for healthcare professionals and patients than it is for general consumers. Well, let's jump into one of the campaign examples that you had. So can you kind of outline, you know, not necessarily who the company is, but what the company did and what you did for them and what the results were? Yeah, so we we work with um, a a UK arm of a a pharma company um, who has a respiratory product. And they, uh, they wanted to try and position themselves as the most innovative company in their, in their particular therapy area. Um, and they were a, re- a relatively small company compared to some of the, the big guys that play in that space. Um, and they felt that in order to differentiate themselves, they need to offer something different. They need to provide a superior service to, to what their competitors were providing. And they also were finding that they were getting a lot of inquiries around their, their medicine and in particular the delivery device, which was eating up a lot of time in the medical information teams. So they had two objects really. So they wanted to provide a brilliant service, but they also wanted to reduce the burden on their, their customer service medical information teams. Um, so you know, we decided to kind of pilot a chatbot and, and see if that would would hit the mark for them. So we, we've built a chatbot that lives on their brand website. And the initial kind of the initial launch of that chatbot, we, we got really good engagement from, from the users. I said over 30% of users that hit the website are using the chatbot. But also then what we, what we wanted to do was actually rather than wait for, for, for health professionals or patients to find their website and, and see the chatbot in that way, we wanted to actually take it out to healthcare professionals. So we now have the chatbot embedded in their online advertisements as well. And that's been really interesting for us. So we're seeing about um, a third of all conversations that take place with their chatbot are actually happening in their adverts now online. Um, And so that's really given them great engagement um, and made their advertising much more impactful than just when it was a traditional banner advertisement on a website. Okay. And what were the, what were kind of the results that they saw that they would report? Yeah. So it's difficult to, to relate it back to, to sales because um, in the UK, um, obviously sales are done through prescription on the AHS. So you, it's, you can't kind of correlate that with an individual patient. But what they have seen is um, good engagement in terms of, as I said, 30 users to the website using the chatbot. They were getting satisfaction rates um, when they talked to customers about the service that they were getting. Um, they improved um, to kind of 75% of, of users said they were sat- more satisfied with the service. Um, what was really interesting is if you look at the advertising, so they um, are now getting industry-leading engagement with their banner advertisements. So their interaction rates with their ads went up from um, a below kind of one, one and a half percent. They're now getting over three and a half percent interaction with their advertisements. 
and the interaction time they're getting with their advertisements has more than doubled. So typically their their normal banner ads get an interaction time of about six seconds and they're now getting nearly 15 seconds, obviously because people are opening the chat button asking it questions. So that's been a real success for them. Um, and also, you know, the fact that they are the first company to have a chatbot on a branded farm site in the UK has, has been a big thing for them. It's really helped to position themselves as an innovative organization. And I think they've seen some kind of almost like a halo effect on their brand from that. Are they taking that information and capturing email addresses or are they doing follow-up sequences? What are they doing once they have that person into the chatbot? Any, anything post-chat? Not yet, but that's definitely an evolution that we see um, the chat that the chatbots will take. I mean, I think it's still very early days. We t- you know we talked at the beginning about pharmaceutical companies being kind of laggards in this, and I think it was important to them to get a chatbot out there and make sure that the uh, the world didn't collapse in on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think now they're getting comfortable with it. We, we're starting to have conversations about what else can we what else can we do with the chatbot? Can we use it to garner permissions for for further marketing um one thing we have done is we now have a um a six foot um model of the bot which they take to exhibitions and conferences which um is voice voice activated and responds with voice um so that's helping them to kind of boost their present their exhibition stand presence and and make that a more engaging experience for customers as well so we we're kind of evolving it as we go but I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunities that chatbots provide to do things like lead generation, permission <clears throat> gathering, all that kind of, kind of good stuff. Totally. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So uh, when you look at whether it's chatbots or beyond chatbots in the healthcare or pharmaceutical space, where, mm. where do you think things are going in the future? I mean, we're looking back three years from now. What are, mm. we, what are we doing in three years that we're not doing now? So I think, um, I think well, first of all, I think chatbots will become widespread across, across the industry. I think now we, we're starting to, we'll, we'll reach a tip, tipping point where there's enough people done this that everybody jumps on board. Mm-hmm. Um, I think voice is, is definitely going to be an area that will evolve. Um, we've already started looking at how we can use things like um, Alexa, to provide services, AI services. I think there's lots of opportunities around kind of education for healthcare professionals um, using voice and AI. We're also really interested in looking at how um, you could potentially use this technology in pharmacy. So if you imagine a busy pharmacist that's, that's filling lots of prescriptions and, and has a question about interactions or you know side effects, use something like Alexa to, to, to chat with a chatbot but using using voice conversation rather than rather than text, and I think that's probably going to be the big evolution over the next two to three years. Excellent. Okay, so let's wrap things up. What, Chris, um, do you would, what would you recommend as your favorite chatbot or AI voice app or anything kind of AI related for marketing? Do you have any recommendations? Well, I think in the, in the healthcare space, probably my f- the most interesting AI I've seen is a company called Babylon. Babylon Health. Um, I'm not okay. sure if they're over in the US yet, but they, I think they've certainly got plans to expand into the US. But they've developed a, an AI uh, application which um, basically triages the patient through, um, 
through uh, kind of symptoms and figures out a diagnosis for them and then either gives it gives the patient advice on how to self-medicate through pharmacy or gives them the option to actually have a an online consultation with a mm. healthcare professional and i think um for me i think that's the future that that we'll see healthcare going in you know people want to to manage things at home they don't want to have to wait days and days to get an appointment with a healthcare professional and um you know so i think i think they're really breaking the mold when it comes to to care and, and, and using AI to, to do that kind of initial triage. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, that's a, I, I got to look that one up. I haven't even heard of that. Um, makes a lot of sense that uh, somebody would have developed an app like that to help people kind of self-diagnose or at least get them to the, into the right uh, ballpark. Yeah, I think expression. The, the fascinating thing with Babylon Health is that, you know, they're now, they're, they're, they are an NHS general practice. So, And what is NHS? So the National National Health Service here in the UK. Okay. Um, so you, you know, I know you have obviously privatised healthcare in the US, but over yeah. here it's still state state healthcare. And Babylon is now, you know, just like any other general practitioner, where you go to 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 see the doctor in the surgery, your registered doctor now can be on Babylon Health, and you you only ever see them through through a video camera, which I think is quite quite an interesting interesting way to go. And I think I think that that is the future. I think of healthcare. And then where can our audience find out more about you or your company? Uh, so you can visit our website, www.earthware.co.uk. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, which is at Earthware. Um, and you'll always f- also find us on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. Good. Well, I um, encourage you to kind of check them out, especially if you're in the healthcare or pharmaceutical space and you want an AI bot and you want to know how to get past the regulators, or even more importantly, your own executives within your organization. Uh, Just a reminder, if you enjoyed our podcast, please write a review for us in the Apple Podcasts app. Your reviews are really encouraging us and helping others choose our podcast. And I thank you. We've already got a number of reviews. They're all very nice and uh, very uh, functional because we're taking some of the advice and putting it into our podcast. So, Chris, really want to thank you for joining us and um, uh, look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing in the next couple of years. My pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.